Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. 
my career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working on the cover. Now I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. You know what I think about the Derek Chauvin trial? You know what I think about that new shooting, police shooting? Well, what I think is different than everything else you've heard out there on the left and the right, and I'm going to give it to you next on I'm Right. You ready for something different? I'm about to give you something different. Yes, I'm going to go over a couple details of the Chauvin trial and things I liked and things I didn't like, but I have to give it to you right between the eyes right off the bat. I feel differently about police shootings than virtually everyone else in the United States of America. Certainly different than most people on the left and most people on the right. I think I'm right. I'm not sorry about how I feel about them. Whenever something happens, police shooting-wise, get this. I don't take the cop side. I don't take the, shoot, the, the guy who got shot side. I calm down, wait for the facts to come in, and judge each and every case based on the evidence I see the video, the things people say. I don't have some desire inside of me to be a cops are the right all the time activist or a black people are oppressed and hunted down all the time activist. And I feel like that means I'm all alone because that's virtually everyone else's position and it drives me crazy. Cops, they're all different. I don't know if you know this, they're not robots. That was just a movie. Cops are actually people. They have you know, skin and they breathe and they eat and they drink water and stuff. They're all different. There are great ones. Most of them, frankly, are. And there are really bad ones. That's just history tells you that's the case. And all people who are, get involved with officers are different. All circumstances are different. And I know this is going to blow you away. Sometimes when there's a bad moment, where somebody dies, sometimes it's not really anybody's fault. Sometimes, and hold on, this, is, this, this may make you pass out. Sometimes it's not fuel for whatever movement you want to be part of. You see what I mean? When the world focused on the Derek Chauvin trial verdict yesterday, I thought the whole thing was so very bizarre. I get people caring you want to see what kind of rioting there's going to be afterwards. You want to, I mean, look, we're all human. We all want to turn on the news and, 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 and see, you know, did Derek Chauvin cry when the verdict came in? Did he, did he hug if it came in? Were the cities on fire? Were the, what, what happened? We want to see what's happening. But I just didn't care that much. I wasn't emotionally invested in 
any part of it in either team that arose from it. I didn't wave pom-poms for Derek Chauvin. I frankly don't find him to be a very sympathetic figure. I don't think he got a fair trial, and I'll explain why here in a second, but I don't find him to be a sympathetic figure, and I don't find George Floyd to be the saintly god they made him out to be. Uh, I wish George Floyd didn't die. I find the whole situation to be tragic and awful, but I don't think it makes any political points for me. I don't look at it and say to myself, man, I better get a guilty verdict, or he better be not guilty. I just, I didn't understand why the entire country seemed to be so emotionally invested in it. It was a local story to Minneapolis about a cop in a confrontation with someone else. One of them died. The cop got put on trial. This is not unique. This happens all the time. I just... The whole thing got blown so far out of proportion so fast, and I didn't get it. And the next time there's another one of these, and there will be a next time, I'm going to do the same thing. I, I don't really get it. And I'll tell you something that sounds awfully cynical, but it is something I believe to be 100% true. How many times have I stood here in front of this camera and told you, balkanize, pack up your stuff, Leave blue America, leave these urban hellholes, move to a red state, a red area of some kind, and not only do you move there and surround yourself with people who have your values, you move there and be much more active there in politics than you were. You plant yourself there and you immediately run for school board, city council, mayor, state representative. You get involved. That is the way we are going to have to conduct ourselves going forward. But why do I say that all the time? I mean, you probably just recited what I was saying to you verbatim as I was saying it to you. Why do I say it all the time? I don't believe America's cities can be saved. I believe they are currently in a death spiral, and they're not going to come out of it, at least not any time in the near future at all. What do I mean by death spiral? Well, all these cities now are run by full-blown communists. Their mayors, their city councils, they're full-blown communists. Their DAs are full-blown communists. And these people have joined together and given groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa free reign to terrorize, loot, burn, murder, and kill people. That's only one aspect of it. Hold on, I'm not done. Part of what they're doing also is this defund the police, blame the police movement. And while I openly acknowledge there are some very bad cops and some very bad police shoots, cops are not the problem. The cops are not the problem. And if you take that stance, what that tells me is either A, you're very, very dumb, which I doubt, or B, you're simply a person who's uncomfortable talking about the real problems. Cops are not the problem. But... In the cities now, the cops are labeled the problem. So what's going to happen? Well, you're going to have fewer and fewer cops. We're already seeing that. Cities like Baltimore are already closing precincts. This is common around the country. Fewer cops, fewer good cops, as the good cops either A, retire, or move to a place where they are appreciated and allowed to, and allowed to do their job. So now you have fewer cops in an area that needs the cops the most, in an area where the criminals are enabled and... Well, now it's a death cycle. 
now you're going to have more drugs, more gangs, more violence all the time, fewer cops to address it. When the cops do address it, they're going to get in trouble again. So then there'll even be fewer cops and then more violence and fewer cops and more violence. There's a reason it's a death spiral. There's a reason Fortune 500, Fortune 500 companies are talking about packing up and getting out of these places. It's just not a place you can feel safe anymore. And remember, I'm not anti-city. I love cities. I love the country, too. I love cities. New York City is like my favorite place in the world. New York City's gone. And, man, that hurts me to say. New York City's gone. Chicago. Chicago's an awesome town. Chicago's gone. That sucks. That's awful. But you and I, we don't get to live in a world of make-believe because we're not five years old. You and I as adults, as people who are going to have to lead in the future, we have to accept the world in which we live. And the world in which we live means these cities are not habitable and they're about to get worse. Not a single person responsible for the American cities rotting has looked in the mirror and said, I probably shouldn't have done that. They're all looking in the mirror and saying, I haven't done what I've done enough yet. That's a death spiral. Now, why do I say things like Derek Chauvin? I doubt very much he got a fair trial. Well, I mean, look, I, I, again, I don't consider the guy a sympathetic figure. Most people do not. But the city of Minneapolis gave the Floyd family a $27 million settlement as the trial begins. Uh, how are we supposed to expect jurors who are not robots, they're human beings, how are we supposed to expect them to ignore things like that? We have publications like the Star Tribune publishing things like who are the jurors in the Derek Chauvin trial? And no, they didn't name names, but they got very, very, very specific with who these people were. If you're a juror, you're looking at street mobs and street violence all across the country, open threats from Black Lives Matter behind the microphone. Are you really looking at all that and saying to yourself, I'll be safe. If I declare him not guilty, I'll be safe. Of course not. These are, again, not robots. These are human beings. We have politicians, leaders in this country running their mouths all over the place. Uh, that we're going to get a verdict that to say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we, got, we cannot go away. And not just manslaughter, right? I mean... Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is, this is guilty for murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. Mr. what happens if we do not get, get what you just told? What should the people do? What should protesters on the street do? I didn't hear you. What happens? What should protesters do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they they know that we need business. Regardless of the outcome of this trial, regardless of the decision made by the jury, there is one true reality, which is that George Floyd was killed at the hands of police. I said it on May 26, early in the morning, and I'll say it again right now. Being black in America should not, cannot be a death sentence. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. I wouldn't say that unless the, the jury was sequestered now, not hear me say that. 
Uh, you realize when the jury is sequestered, that they don't lock them in a soundproof room, right? That's not what sequestered means at all. So again, what would you do if one of those jurors? Don't, 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 don't do the, the thing where you're an activist now. If you're a living, breathing human being with a family, you've seen what's happened out there right now, what would you do? I don't know whether or not this influenced things, but I don't know whether anybody can sit there and say with a straight face that Derek Chauvin got a fair trial. Maybe he deserved the book thrown at him. I, I don't know. I didn't watch every minute of the trial, nor would I have. Like I said, I wasn't that emotionally invested, but I don't, I don't think you can say he got a fair one. I, and I don't think we've seen the last of this because of how they conducted themselves. And again, the president of the United States in the wake of the trial, you saw what he just said there? You see what he said after? Look at this guy. It was a murder in the full light of day, and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see. For systemic racism, it's a stain on our nation's soul. <clears throat> the knee on the neck of justice for black Americans, profound fear and trauma, the pain, the exhaustion that black and brown Americans experience every single day. Can't you feel that healing? Remember we were promised healing? Man, I, I'm blown away by the healing here. And then the great Nancy Pelosi, I love her. I'm sorry, I know everyone hates her, and I realize she's just like evil incarnate, but she's so awful that I love her. Is that weird? Here's what she had to say. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom how, how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe. But because of you and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous with justice. Thank you, George Floyd. She's just the worst. And you know, Nancy Pelosi's had some serious sleepless nights thinking about George Floyd. Deep down, she absolutely cares. And I see people out there saying things like, well, at least this will calm things down. At least things will calm down now. That's because you haven't accepted that we're facing communists. We're facing communism and communists. Communists don't think like you. Communists don't think like me. Communism is a religion of domination and destruction. There's never enough. They never get to a point where they've achieved some victory and they stop and smell the roses and consider it a victory. That's not how communists think. Destruction is the goal and it's an endless goal. Even once they've taken it all, they turn and destroy each other. How do I know? Well, they're telling you. This verdict is not justice, frankly, I don't even think we call it full accountability because there are multiple officers that were there. It wasn't just Derek Chauvin. And I also don't want this moment to be framed as this system working. working. Yeah, of course, it's not enough. It's never enough and never will be enough. 
understand what you're facing. We've talked about this before. You're not facing people with a different opinion on how to protect America, keep America safe, make America great, and all that. You're facing people who want to destroy it. There's no middle ground. They're never going to stop. Are you going to stop? And now we have this brand new police shooting video everybody's talking about today. Columbus, Ohio. Young lady, I believe she was 16, Micaiah Bryant. We're fuzzy on the details right now. But from what I gather, what we've gathered so far, this Micaiah Bryant was a foster child. So probably a kid that's had a rough time of it. And God bless the foster parents out there watching after kids. Probably a kid that had a rough time of it. Rumor is they're saying now she was attacked, assaulted by multiple girls, and she called the police. The police show up, and they're faced with, put that picture back up, they're faced with this when they get out of the car. That is somebody primed with a knife for a killing blow. So the cops shoot and kill this young lady. And now what we're supposed to do today, what I see from everybody once again is, oh, that poor, innocent, sweet child gunned down at the hands of another racist cop. Or I'm supposed to do the opposite thing of that cop. That cop was in the right and that vicious scumbag got what she had coming. I don't do either of those things. I don't. I watched it. I weighed all the facts I know and I think the whole thing just sucks and there's not a bad guy or a good guy. A troubled kid? I feel bad for that kid. A troubled kid who maybe was getting attacked by multiple people grabs a weapon if I walk out this studio tonight and I'm squaring off against two three dudes on the sidewalk and I feel like I might be in serious danger go ahead and put a knife in front of me and see if I grab it I'll grab it too so I don't blame her I don't blame the cop either though you show up you're a police officer you see somebody with a knife specifically in that position which leaves you primed for a killing blow, a killing puncture wound on somebody? What choice do you have to take that shot? Sometimes there aren't good guys and bad guys. Sometimes it just sucks. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy, I dipped for so long, and what would happen is I would decide I'm gonna quit. Ah, oh, that's bad for me, I'm gonna quit. I'm a man, I don't need any help, I'm just gonna quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch, that didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds, I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free, it's nicotine-free, it's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? 
You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Now, Facebook's a fairly big company, wouldn't you say? Just a, just a little bit big. You think your home title's safe online? I hear this from people all the time now. Well, I mean, they haven't hacked my home title yet. I'm sure my bank, I'm sure my bank has it protected. Facebook, the Facebook, 500 million. That's how many of their users were exposed to cyber thieves. There is no way for any company, no matter how big and powerful, to protect information you have online because the cyber thieves eat, sleep, and breathe it. They're always one step ahead. The only way to stop your home title from being stolen and them taking a huge loan out against it is home title lock because they will detect any tampering and shut it down immediately. Go protect yourself. HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Don't forget to use the promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. We'll be back. Well, who can forget what the judge had to say after Maxine Waters ran her mouth before the verdict was even in? My phone gives me alerts on things that just happened. I mean, you can't avoid it. And it is so per pervasive that it is, I just don't know how this jury, it can really be said to be that they are free from the taint of this. Um, and now that we have U.S. representatives, uh, threatening acts of, of, uh, of violence in relation to the specific case, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling to me, Judge. Well, I'll give you that Congresswoman and Waters may have given you something on appeal that may result in this whole trial being overturned. Look, joining me now is Ari Hoffman. He's the associate editor and Seattle correspondent with the Post Millennial. Ari, I was never emotionally invested in the trial. I didn't really care about any of it that much. But I will tell you, uh, while I don't necessarily find him a sympathetic figure, I don't understand how you can say Derek Chauvin is, could possibly have had a fair trial. How? With a, the president of the United States running his dumb mouth. Well, I agree, but let's go back in time a little bit. Let's go back to before the trial even really began in earnest when the judge would not grant a change of venue. So now you have a jury pool that's selected from the very city that's being attacked every single night. The judge would not dismiss one of the charges that seems completely irrelevant and actually contradictory to two of the other charges in this case. You have all that, and that's all stacked against you, and then you have not sequestering the jury. So if you don't sequester the jury, they're gonna go home every single night. And one of the 
Toronto's from Brooklyn Center. They're going to go home every single night and they're going to see all this and they're going to worry, is it coming to my house? They're going to see the officer who was involved in the shooting in Brooklyn Center and the police with barricades around their house and think to themselves, do I really want this to happen to me? And I wasn't invested in this trial so much either. I mean, I saw the video like everybody else. I think the prosecution had good days and a lot of bad days. And I think that the defense had a lot of bad days because of decisions that the, the judge made, but at the same time, they had some good days and some bad days also. But at the end of the day, this whole trial was completely tainted from the beginning. And you got to ask yourself, are we now at the whims of a woke mob that will show up anytime they don't like something going on in our judicial system and yell and scream until it's fixed? Now, with regard to Maxine Waters for a minute, I wonder if the Democrats all of whom voted to support her yesterday, not to condemn her actions. I wonder if they're worried that if they had done that, these people would show up at their houses. Because don't forget, after the verdict was read yesterday, BLM sent people to the mayor of Los Angeles's house to protest. And this is one of their biggest allies. All right, about this judge, I've heard several people on the right complain about this judge, specifically complaining about the change of venue thing. I, look, I'm an idiot. I went to community college, so I can't speak on things like this. But that seems honestly insane from the outside looking in, especially with, I mean, maybe the hottest issue we've had since OJ or, or something like that. Why? Do we have any idea why you wouldn't move it out of that place? Vanity, perhaps. Perhaps he wanted to be in the news or perhaps he figured, and this is a legitimate grounds to say so, but I don't recall if he did, to say, well, he wouldn't get a fair trial in any other surrounding area either because they're all in proximity to it. So that could be one way to go. I'll give him benefit of the doubt on that one, assuming that's the case. But at the same time, this leaves obvious space for an area to appeal and for this possibly to be overturned just from the beginning, aside from the Maxine Waters comments, aside from the other politicians getting involved in this, aside from the jury not being sequestered, this is an obvious way for this to be overturned. And I think you might actually see that on appeal. Okay, I saw New York City, because as everybody knows, this isn't exactly just centralized in Minnesota. I saw this video from New York City, check this out. New York. Okay, Ari, this one's going to be near and dear to your heart, I would assume. I'm out there all the time now telling people, get out of the cities. Get out, go balkanize, move to Red America, the countryside somewhere, because the cities cannot possibly be saved. And I'm not anti-city. I live and die for New York City. I think it's gone. Your particular city, Seattle. I used to go there when I was a kid. I lived in Montana. It was the coolest thing in the world with the fish market and everything else. It's a dump now. What do you say? I just found out one of my best friends is moving out of town. One of my best friends who moved here from New York with me is leaving town. He's been here for like eight, 10 years or something now. I'm the one who brought him here and I didn't have any grounds to say, hey, why don't you stay? In fact, I'm like, yeah, I completely understand. And basically the real question was, when are you gonna be joining us? And people ask, why am I still here? Why am I in my city? And I say, well, 
I don't want to move. You know, I don't want to have to move because of this insanity. I want to stay and fight. But at the same time, it seems like my army, you know, people on our side are just diminishing. They're all moving to Florida. They're all moving to Texas. They're not the only ones I've heard about that from my community. I moved out of New York to get away from this kind of stuff. And this is before BLM even existed. I just had enough of that city. And don't get me wrong. I love my Mets. I love my city. But I had enough. And I came here. And it seems like the exact same problems from the 1970s and 80s followed me. And now New York has gone back in time. They forgot everything that happened under Giuliani. They forgot that there are ways to fix the city involving policing, involving putting more police on the grounds, the broken windows philosophy. And instead, they just went right back in time to where they started. All right. I guess that's part of the reason you just brought it up, why I'm so pessimistic. We've seen cities in the dumps before, like New York, especially in the 70s. And we've seen what it took to turn those cities around. I'm so pessimistic because we are doing exactly the opposite of everything that has previously been done to revitalize those cities. We have fewer cops, the fewer good cops, the good cops are leaving, fewer cops total, fewer businesses, so there's more poverty, which means more crime. We have cities reducing their police departments. That's that's why I'm so pessimistic. Nobody responsible for this seems to look around and blame themselves. They're all just full speed ahead. No, of course, and actually the people you showed in that video just a moment ago, that's your new elected representatives and nobody elected them. They're the ones running the show because whatever they say, that's what Democrat politicians do because they think this is their voting base. And what they don't realize is these very same people were chanting yesterday, F Nancy Pelosi, F Joe Biden, F Kamala Harris. They want to overthrow the government. They don't want Democrats. They don't want Republicans. I don't know what they really want in charge. And they're not looking to get rid of the police. They're looking to be the police, the thought police, the censorship on everybody. That's what they want to be, this mob justice. Ari, how much effect does this have on the American electorate? Because I, I will tell you, and I made a mistake. I know that's shocking. Everyone thinks I'm perfect. But I made a mistake leading up to the election when Antifa and BLM was doing this stuff all summer. And I said, boy, there's no way the majority of Americans are supporting that. This is going to cost Joe Biden the election. And Joe Biden's now president of the United States of America. Do Americans not see? Do they not care? Do they not associate these people with the Democratic Party? Well, don't forget, aside from people like you, Fox News, Newsmax, almost nobody was talking about the riots. CNN was calling them mostly peaceful protest. MSNBC was covering them up. So the people who watched those channels were completely misinformed, if not ill-informed, of what was actually going on across the country. Now, they have their own two eyes, but you know, we moved our office from an area of Seattle where this stuff was rampant and we were dealing with it all the time to an area of Seattle which we didn't have to put up with this stuff anymore, but God knows for how long that's going to last. And it's very easy to realize that in this part of the city, you don't see any of the poverty, you don't see any of the homelessness, you don't see any of the crime. And it's very easy to understand how this district keeps voting for a socialist Marxist because they can do so and virtue signal all they want because so far none of this has affected them because they live right near her. Ari Hoffman, thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate you. No problem. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. I, these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. 
they tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Listen to me. When I tell you to take active steps, be more active, uh, have I not been specific with you? I'm about to get specific again. Whatever your upbringing, whatever your comfort level with firearms, you need to get comfortable. That, that involves taking safety classes. That involves going down to the local range, finding some training from a professional and learning how to use a weapon. But it's more than that. See, what I just described to you was fun. Who doesn't like to go down to the range on the weekend, get some lessons, get some dude teaching you? What? That's, that's all good. This next part's less fun. You need to start carrying your weapon. You need to make sure you are legally carrying your weapon everywhere you go. There's a new mass shooting every other day. There's looting, rioting, rioting burning. Look at the news. It's time for you to carry a weapon. And when you carry one, Please don't just grab some random holster, some random thing off the shelf. Northwest Retention Systems is doing custom gear. Every single thing I use, whether I'm carrying extra magazines, whether I'm just carrying my Glock 19 around, every single thing I use comes from Northwest Retention Systems. That's how incredible this country is. That's how incredible this company is. The the inside the waistband holster, the custom-made holster for my Glock. You know what? I'm going to show it to you tomorrow. It's got the join or die flags on it from the American Revolution. Yeah, it's that good. Go to nwretention.com. Start outfitting yourself the right way with custom gear. nwretention.com. Use the code JESSE. Don't forget to use the code JESSE because that gets you 10% off. We'll be back. Maxine Waters, you already know her comments, inflaming people, getting people all riled up again. Of course, the GOP proposed that, sh that she be censured. She was not. It was struck down by the Democrats. Here were the comments. So I'm just pleased uh, that I still feel strong enough and able enough to go out with the young people and say, Auntie Maxine is here, and I support you, and I want you to be activists. I'm so sorry uh, that... It causes pain oftentimes with my colleagues. Many times they're in these districts where they're frightened, where they have a lot of racism, where they still haven't moved to the point where they can have a decent conversation about these issues. And sometimes it's very difficult for them, but they stood up with me today. They put me yeah. up for censure because of my visit to Minneapolis. And my colleagues stood with me and they uh, voted to table uh, the motion that was put up to censor me because the tar the Republicans love to use me as a target. They raise money on my backs. That's that Maxine Waters, uh, that black woman who is so uppity and uh, who is someone we can't control. And so you've got to make sure that I have enough money to keep her from getting reelected. Oh, yes, that's what it's about. Joining me now, former congressman, current dean of business at Liberty University, Dave Brett. Congressman, I know you're probably going to yell at me for my stance on this, and that's fine. You know you can blast away. 
What that stuff does when I don't see any accountability for stuff like that, I mean, in my opinion, that's grounds for removal from office when you're telling people to street riot. All that does in me is simply make it so I don't care when the next GOP congressman or senator or president gets in trouble. I don't care when you get busted with a bunch of cocaine and hookers or a DUI or scandal or whatever. I'm not going to call for your removal. I'm not going to be the only one that weakens my side. Now, feel free, yell at me. No, I, I don't think I'm going to yell at you. It, it just clearly lowers the moral bar. And uh, equally, uh, I hope you won't send a check in to our Republican leadership uh, mm -hmm. because we still have uh, from a few months ago, one of the Democrat congressmen on the Intelligence Committee uh, sleeping with the enemy, the CCP uh, spy from China, and nothing's happened there and we're quiet, right? And so uh, McCarthy puts in a, a one-day censure. It, it shouldn't be censure. It should be removal. Uh, from office. Th this is not uh, some minor uh, incident. This is calling for violence in the midst of a year of violence. And uh, our side, uh, the left is able to message against our side because we don't put up a sustained messaging campaign about all the violence that came over the past year and where it happened and who caused it. And uh, the weight of the evidence is on our side. Uh, no one's pure in this world, right? Go read Genesis 3. There's a thing called the fall. No one's pure, uh, but there are degrees of purity, and, and the left is all in a pro-woke uh, Marxist uh, revolution style, and the evidence is across all the major cities uh, with boarded-up stores across the country. And our leadership is nowhere to be found putting that evidence forward. Day, it needs to be day after day, not not weekly, day after a sustained moral uh, statement has to be made daily. Uh, otherwise, the American people will not receive it and believe it's real. Well, uh, Congressman, one of the things I hate about it to the point you just made is I don't view this as something that's going to reverse itself anytime soon. I know I'm not alone. And the, the next time I meant what I said, sure. the next time a GOP representative gets busted doing something admittedly terrible, I'm not going to care. I don't want him removed. I'm not going to be the only one removing my guys when you don't remove your guys ever. Only that that doesn't end well either. That just means we keep spiraling down and down and down and down. And we're going to degenerate into, I mean, what Rome was at the end. I think it's terrible for the country, but it's where we are. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's uh, it's 30 years in the making, right? I'm at Liberty University, uh, one of the few places that still has a strong Judeo-Christian uh, religious and moral uh, compass and uh, educational platform. And uh, K-12 to education, the kids aren't getting anything. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I've taught ethics for 20 years. The kids cannot define what is good. That's the classic question Socrates set out, you know, 2,400 years ago. The unexamined life is not worth living. And we are not examine right our, our moral language uh, we, we don't reflect at all we don't teach at all and it, it is turning into uh, a disaster for this country uh, on the street now because we've lost the moral dimension and so americans all americans need to come together right this the liberals are gone i wish the liberals were still with us right the old jfks etc uh, they're missing in action now we got the woke left and then the the republicans are just protecting the money uh, and there's a huge swath of the country that's just uh, middle class wanting to have a decent life for them and their kids. 
and say, leave me alone. And so I, I wish our Democrats would join us uh, in that chorus uh, so we can all get on the same page again. Congressman, I saw, well, you know what? I'm going to play it for you. What, what you're about to see is leaked audio from a, a headmaster at, at, a, at an elite university, or at a, not an elite university, at an elite private school yeah. saying this. Yeah. Let me ask you something, George, because I think those are, I think there's something very different about having a single experience where you make sense of it, right? And having a teacher, an authority figure, talk to you endlessly every year telling you that because you have whiteness, you are associated with evils, all these different evils. These are moral evils. It's not the same as taking like a physical thing because it doesn't affect your, your, your moral value. That's the problem. The, 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 the fact is that I'm agreeing with you that there has been a demonization that we need to get our hands around in the way in which people are doing this understanding. Okay, so you agree that you, we're demonizing kids? We're demonizing, um, kid, we're, we're demonizing white people for being born. What am I supposed to do with this information? The, the last pillar yeah. we had left in this country were the last couple was the military and the church. And we've lost them both. What, what pillars do we have in our society now? Well, you got the Marxist pillar. That's what you just saw there, right? In, in 1850, yeah. Marx said, uh, people who own capital are evil. The workers are good. The neo-Marxists say all oppressors, and we define who oppressors are, in this case, it's all white people based on the color of your skin are evil. Uh, and a lot of other people are evil and capitalists and property owners and, 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 and there are some good people and we define them, uh, but we don't believe in God. Uh, we don't do any philosophy. We don't have a theology. And by the way, we're educating your little kids and the parents, uh, you're, the parents out there, you're morally responsible, right? It's just the parents out there listening you are morally responsible for this outcome across the country in the aggregate. There's no way around it. You, you've allowed this to happen and now it's happened. And so uh, it's time to get our uh, game back on and uh, de defend what made us great. Can we take the churches back? Uh, that, that's uh, a fairly important part of our society and we lost them. I have, I've, I've told you before, complained yep. about it. My own idiot pastor talked about white privilege, and that was the last day I darkened the door of that church. Can we take them back, or are they gone? Well, it, it, it's not even getting the church back. It, it's the church just needs to proclaim uh, the, the gospel again. And if you do that, you're going to lose a lot of parishioners, and you're going to lose half your collection plate, right? So that's why we've kind of joined the left. Love, 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 right? If you buy a uh, Subaru, uh, you're a loving person and uh, you'll be happy. And uh, no, it, it's uh, our, our religion is, is about love, the, the love that God showed us, uh, but it was all about the forgiveness of sin. There, there's a thing called sin, which pervades human nature. Uh, we all rebel against God. And uh, Jesus in the Christian tradition came uh, to save us from that condition. He didn't come just saying, love everybody. He said, I'm obedient to the Father, right? And so when, when the preachers get back to that message 
And then, of course, after he said that, he said, love God and love your neighbor as yourself and take care of the poor and the widows and the orphans and those in prison. And so once the church gets back to doing that, I think the pews will be full again because people need that deep, true meaning in their life. And uh, the church better get back to the basics or they're going to continue to lose people. Rightly so. Dean of Business, sorry, Dean of Business, Liberty University, Dave Brad, thank you so much, sir. You bet. God bless. Thank you, Jesse. Trillion. Do you know how much money that is? No, I'm actually asking because I don't. Because the human mind can't even wrap, can't even wrap around that kind of a number. They're spending and have spent trillions, trillions of dollars in unbacked currency. There's a reason Wells Fargo is predicting a 25% increase in gold. 25%. If I were to tell you anybody, anybody, um, this particular thing's about to go up 25%, you'd be, you'd be selling the farm for it. All I'm saying to you is this. There are laws in economics. Some of those laws are about printing unbacked currency and what that does to the value of a dollar. And when the dollar does this, precious metals do this. Call Patriot Gold Group. Just call and get more information. I'm not pushing you on something. Call and get more information. It's time to diversify a bit. It's time to protect yourself. 866-943-0626. 866-943-0626. We'll be back. I know I'm probably asking way too much when I ask for just some consistency, just some honesty, just some real news out there, but apparently I am. Joining me now to talk about that is commentary writer, friend of mine, Drew Holden, who's been all over the media for the... I don't have another way to put it, Drew. Lies? I mean, we have this compilation of, of the things they've said about this Micaiah Bryant shooting, which is terrible. I, I mean, I don't know a single yeah. person who's out there cheering right now. It's a freaking 16-year-old girl, and she's gone. But just the inconsistency and the lies. Drew, what, are, what do you honestly think these people think at night when they go home and look in the mirror? You know, Jesse, it's a great question because it, what kills me about this case is the rush to run and promote something that has just proven not to be true. At no point did anyone step back and stop to say, oh, wow, maybe we should wait for more information. Maybe we should wait until the footage comes out. No, there was a narrative, a really specific narrative. And unfortunately, Jesse, I think what probably happened was they went home, patted themselves on the back after a hard day of pushing a narrative and knowing oh. that they had done a good job in doing that. I hate that I know you're right. You know, I, I hate that I know you're right. They probably went yeah. home and, and shared a mimosa with their buddies and talked about, man, we, we really <laughs> fought the good fight today. Exactly. Drew, what type of person goes into journalism? I haven't figured these people out. I mean, I would assume somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way it was a good cause, right? Or am mm -hmm. I just totally naive? No, I think you're totally right. Once upon a time, we had bootstrapping professionals, many of whom didn't have college degrees, certainly didn't have graduate school degrees, who cared about trying to understand the truth and get to the truth. Somewhere along the way, I think the profession really, really lost focus on that. And instead, what we got was activists. We got people who were really, really interested in telling stories. But the stories that they wanted to tell were the ones that they thought were true, absent evidence or contra evidence. And so instead, you've got a whole bunch of people who should probably be working for nonprofits or working for Democratic politicians or what have you. And instead, they are providing you the news and the information that they are pretending is true and unslanted. And in many cases, it's, it's not either of those things. 
Drew, part of my frustration is this. Uh, you'll hear people on the right say this often of, well, it's fine because uh, uh, people are changing the channel and there are more options out there. And yeah, some people are changing the channel and there are more options, but not the right people. I'm not worried about Drew Holden being boned up on the details. I'm worried about the average voter, especially in swing states, who just has 15 minutes a night to turn on NBC and he thinks he gets real news and we still can't reach those people. Exactly. And I think what, what ends up happening, too, is that's what gets to set the parameters of the conversation. And so even if yeah. they're not, even for people who have cut the cord or maybe they're, they're checking Twitter here and there to get some news, if those are the pieces of information that are going to rise to the level of awareness for someone who could be a gettable voter, who could be a relatively independent-minded voter, they're not actually seeing... What, you know, whatever is behind that. They're, they're not exposed to any of that information because everything in their feed, everything on their screen, everything on their television is going to be telling them something that fits really conveniently to what a lot of journalists think ought to be the truth. True. What way do we cut through? Are we being effective? I, I, I mean, I see you out there. You're famous for them at this point in time with the side-by-sides of what you were saying about this for a Democrat versus what you're saying about this for a Republican. Is it cutting through? Do you, do you get messages or emails from people saying, hey, man, I actually see what you're talking about, and this is a little bit embarrassing? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes I do, uh, and I think oftentimes I'll have people who will reach out to me, journalists or other people who are or within the profession, who will say like, yeah, it's a good point. That's a good point. Or oh, we really screwed up on this one. But at the end of the day, the people who I think we really need to break through and get to by one way or another are the people who are who are writing the news, who are telling the news. And so it might be great that you know a handful of people will see the side by sides, and a handful of independents will look at it and see, ooh, that's bad, right? This doesn't actually make sense. But until you can walk away and have someone like uh, like a you know like Jim Acosta come back and say, hey, actually, what we're doing is wrong fundamentally, right on a, a really deep level. What we're doing is wrong and doesn't make sense. I don't think you're going to get change. And, and to be frank with you, I don't know how we change those people's minds. Is it is it the bottom line? They're they're shedding viewers. Shouldn't that matter? And, and yet it doesn't. And so I you know I, I wish I had a better and more uplifting answer for you, but I, I don't know that it's breaking through. And I don't even know how it could be structured in such a way that it might break through. Well, that's reality. Drew Holden, everybody, go read his stuff. Thank you, Drew. Jesse, thank you, sir. We'll be back. I don't like cats. Don't throw anything at the TV. A man likes what he likes. I don't like cats, but I got to show you this. Hi, my name is Erin. I use she, her pronouns, and I am... Look, okay, sometimes I like cats. All right, we'll have another good show for you tomorrow. We'll see you then. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.